Hey guys, today we're on 1 John chapter 4, and this letter of John, this short letter of John, is one of the last uh, written pieces that make up the New Testament. John's writing uh, at the end of his life in his 90s, and a lot of other teachings and heresies have started cropping up in uh, that society, the Roman world, and they were affecting negatively the church. So John is writing in a kind of a polemical spirit uh, to safeguard um, the things that have been taught and passed on in the church related to the personal work of Christ and the nature of God and what salvation is all about. So when we're looking at the um, epistle of John, on the one hand, we've got this real strong kind of uh, attack mode for the truth. And yet, at the same time, we've got this very rich experience of divine life that John is opening up. And and there's a real connection here. Truth and life go together. We fight for the truth because truth is a portal into the experience of God's life. And the writing of John is is written in uh, his style is very simple, simple words, nothing too complicated structurally uh, in his sentence and his syntax. And yet, in these simple words, there are deep and profound spiritual experiences awaiting us. So in John 4, we want to look at just three points, and you'll see a lot of these themes um, reappear in this chapter related to the Father, Son, and Spirit and our experience of divine life. So three points we want to look at is uh, just summed up in three simple words. Number one, confess. Number two, abide. Number three, love confess, abide, and love. And we're going to see that we confess who Jesus is, we, um, we abide in what God is, and then we manifest that in our action of loving one another. Okay, so let's look at these one at a time. Uh, John starts out this chapter with uh, saying, testing the spirits, testing um, the source of people's speech and proclamation. And he says, here's the litmus test to know whether or not they come from God and they're authorized as divine messengers and their message is backed up by God's approval. How do you know uh, whether or not to listen to a message? And he gives a real simple answer. He says, all you got to do is check whether or not that they confess two things, that Jesus has come in the flesh and that Jesus is the Son of God. So the two key verses here is in verse 2, every spirit which confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And then also in verse 15, he kind of uh, doubles back on this a little bit later in the chapter, but he says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God. So we make a twofold confession as believers in Christ, as Christians. Uh, the foundation of our faith is the person of Christ. We confess that he is both God and man. He is the Son of God, fully divine, 100% God, and yet he is manifested and come in the flesh in human nature. So he is fully man and fully God. This is at the heart of our Christian confession, the person of Christ. And in John's context, there were ancient heresies that were denying both sides of this um, truth, denying his full deity, denying his his, denying his full uh, his humanity. And so we need to be clear about this because there's a lot of people um, who respect some of Jesus' teaching. They're impressed with what he said, but they won't confess 
who he is. And Jesus didn't come just to leave a good impression. He came to evoke and draw out a true confession. So we confess Jesus is not just a moral or social reformer. He's a redeemer and savior. He's not just a good man. He's a God man. And this is really important because who Jesus is, the fact that he's God and man, determines what he can do. If he is not fully God and fully man, he cannot be the savior. He can't be the redeemer. He can just be another human being in a long series of human beings with a message from God. He can't be the ultimate manifestation of God and the savior of the world. So Jesus being God and man is required if he is going to redeem us from our sins and impart the divine life. So there's a connection between Jesus's person and his work. And that is the root and the implications of this confession. We confess Jesus Christ is both God, the Son of God, and the Son of Man come in the flesh as our Redeemer. So we need to make this confession. We need to to not back down from this confession. And we need to test all the messages that we hear in the world with this litmus test, the confession of the person of Christ. Okay, number two, we've got starting in verse 8. Uh, God is love. So this is the nature of God. God is love is talking about what God is. So we were just talking about who Christ is. Now we're talking about what God is. When we say what, we're talking about his nature. What is his substance? What is he made of in a sense? What is his essence? And this is a famous verse, God is love. A lot of people know this verse who aren't even Christians. And it says it twice in this chapter. But the big thing to catch here is, God is love is the source of the salvation that God is offering humanity and the source of the sending of Christ. And so in verse 9 and 10, we have a manifestation of God's love. God isn't just love in an abstract, sentimental way. He acts on that love for man's salvation. And that love manifests as a gracious sending of a Savior. And it says two things. There's two reasons in these in these two verses, verse 9 and 10, for why Jesus came. So if someone asks, why did God send Christ or why did Jesus come? These are two good verses to look at. And in verse 9, it's interesting that it lists this one first. It says that we might have life, that's the divine life, and live through him. And then in verse 10, it says he was sent to be the propitiation for our sins. So God sends Jesus as the God-man, as 100% God, 100% man, to make propitiation for our sins, to procure our forgiveness and our restoration to fellowship with God, and more than that, to impart the divine life of God into us so that we can live through him. So there's a judicial procedure and and an organic purpose to the sending of the Son of God. And what should we do? We should abide in this Abide in this God who is love. Verse 15 says, if we confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God will abide in us and we will abide abide in God. So there's a connection here between our confession and our abiding. All right? Okay, the last point is really the whole, um, how the whole second half of this chapter starts back in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another because love is of God. So what flows out of our confession is our abiding. In God. And since we're abiding in a God whose nature, whose core characteristic is love, then if that's true of us, 
then we will love one another. We will live out the love of God. We will live through him and manifest the same love that God had for us toward those around us. And so love here is the effect and the expression and the experience of abiding in God and experiencing divine life. Now, it's interesting. Verse 17 says, um, this love needs to be perfected in us. And what that means is our experience of divine life needs to grow and develop. That's what that root word in Greek means, teleos, to be perfected, to reach full maturity and development. Our experience of divine life needs to grow and develop until God's love and the expression and manifestation of God's love reaches maturity in us. And that seen in our life toward those around us. And this will reach such a perfection, perfected state and manifestation that I love this verse at the end. It says, even as he is, so also are we in this world. Even as he is, so also are we. In other words, there is a perfect correspondence in the, the mode of God's being, the nature of God's being as he is. He is a God of love. And so are we in this world. So that is what this chapter is talking about. Confessing who Christ is. And that confession brings us to abide in the God who is love as the sending source of Christ for our salvation. And when we abide in God, we experience divine life and live it out towards those around us, manifesting God's nature as love and developing that love until that experience has reached perfection.